Welcome to Fearless Mom. Today is session three of our pirate parenting series where we are studying how to grow our kids, how to relentlessly parent, relentlessly raise happy, healthy adult children. And um, last week we talked about the importance of authority, and today we're going to talk about the importance of responsibility. But first we want to welcome in our online moms. You may be watching um, with a group at a church or in a home. You may be by yourself listening or watching, but our prayer, our hope is that you feel all the love coming at you from all in Texas. We love technology that we can connect with one another and um, we believe in you and we are excited about today's lesson. So let's go ahead and pray so you guys can focus. God, we thank you so much for today. I thank you for um, your word. I thank you for your church. I thank you for technology. I thank you for the many volunteers that enable us to get this um, to as many moms as possible. I ask right now, God, that you um, settle our hearts, settle our minds, that you open our eyes and ears so that we can see and hear what you want us to learn today so that we can be the best moms that we can be so that we can raise up these kids, so that we can prepare them to be the young adults you've created them to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, before we get to the second pirate parenting principle, I want to do a little bit of review. We all agree that our job, our responsibility, our calling, our privilege is to prepare our children, to raise them up, to leave the nest. Oh, yeah, I know. Some of you with newborns are like, what? Yes, it happens, and it's really good if you kind of get your mind around it right now. And so our responsibility, our blessing, is to prepare them to be independent, competent adults. And so we are all about pirate parenting, where we say it is the relentless pursuit. Everybody say relentless. Relentless. Uh Uh-oh, say it like you mean it, relentless. We will not give up. We will get discouraged. We will get distracted. But we have the end game in mind. And so we won't give up. We will do whatever it takes. We will constantly communicate to our children. I love you. And I may be upset right now. But there's nothing you can do that will make me quit or make me stop loving you. Last week we really emphasized the importance, the significance of authority. Not only embracing our authority that God has given us to lead the home, but also equipping our children, preparing them to understand and embrace other authorities in their lives. And we all agreed that our children are set up for the best life when they understand and embrace authority. Everybody say, I agree. I agree. Good, because today we're going to talk about responsibility. And I just want to prepare you. This is not about oh, I didn't do that right, or oh, I've done this wrong, or oh, I feel so guilty. This is about opportunity. This is about opportunity. This is about embracing our responsibility to pass the baton of responsibility to our kids. Okay, so got it? Good, I'm so glad. So we can move on. Um, I actually love today's um, lecture, and so I'm really going to be looking at my notes a lot so that I don't get distracted because I just believe that if we understand and embrace our responsibility to teach authority and then to transfer the baton of responsibility, we can actually 
reverse the trends going on in our world today. And so I'm super passionate about it, so I'm going to really stick to my notes so that I don't say too many words, okay? Um, So now, I want you to zoom in, if you will, on this precious picture. It is my favorite picture of Joseph. It it was taken in 2001. It was his first ever t-ball season. And when I first got the picture out, I was trying to wipe off the dirt. And when I realized that those are his pants and they're just dirty. (laughs) And I want you to take, you know, pay particular close attention to his shoes. To the lovely white Velcro New Balance. You know, the kind that your grandparents have. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you about those shoes and why this picture is so special to me. I had taken Joseph shoe shopping one day and we went into the store and I found the cutest pair of running shoes that looked exactly like the pair that Mac had. And so I was thinking, this is going to be adorable. They are going to match. He is going to love them. So I asked the lady, you know, could you measure him and we would like to get these shoes so she goes to the back and she comes out with not only the cute running shoes but also some grandparent shoes you know um, some white velcro new balance so he tries she puts the cute running shoes on him and um, they are adorable okay so maybe they didn't really fit and um, you know she had to help them he could not put them on by himself but they were so cute They were so cute. Then she pulls out these white New Balance Meemaw shoes. And she puts them, actually, she didn't put them on him. He was able to put them on himself. It was very obvious. They fit perfectly. And so looking back now, I can see perhaps why she was confused when I said, oh, I can't decide which pair of shoes to get. And she responded with a bewildered look, and might I add a judgmental tone, and said, well, if you want to get the shoes he needs, if you want to get the ones that fit, if you want to get the ones that he can put on himself, then I suggest these. Well, I mean, how dare she? (laughs) What did this have to do with Joseph? Okay. Oh, that's right, okay. In hindsight, I can now see that perhaps I had lost sight of the real purpose of the shoes. In hindsight, I can see that perhaps I was putting my wants above Joseph's needs. So I want you to know that when I look at this picture, I actually refer to these as the shoes of shame. Mm -hmm. These were the shoes of shame because I tell the silly story to remind us of a significant truth. We must care more about the effects of our parenting than the appearance of our parenting. I'm going to repeat that. It's not on the screen. We must care more about the effects of our parenting than the appearance of parenting our parenting. And man, isn't that just such a neat little sentence? But it is hard to do. But we have to get our mind around our purpose, our responsibility to raise these children up to be independent, competent, strong adults. And when I remember that, then I am more able to put my child's needs above my wants. And that is mission critical when we talk about Teaching our children to understand and embrace authority. It's okay to care about appearance. 
I'm not saying it's always bad. You just have to care more about the effects of your parenting. Does that make sense? It's okay. Don't anybody feel shame or guilt because you dressed your child super cute today. That is awesome, and I'm so happy for you, especially if you have a compliant child that actually wore it all day. We're really happy for you. Uh, But it's just about caring more about the end game because we are better moms We are better people when we get over impressing others. And so, man, that is huge when it comes to parenting. So let's talk about what we're looking for, what we are shooting for, what our goal is when we say we want to raise kids who understand and embrace authority. I mean, responsibility. Someone who understands and embraces responsibility, number one, works, works diligently and joyfully works diligently and joyfully. Number two, cleans up. Everybody say amen. Amen. Cleans up after himself or herself. Cleans up after himself or herself. So they work diligently and joyfully. They clean up. Okay, this is a big one. And it's not always lumped together with responsibility. I'm going to explain a little bit. Apologizes. Apologizes for mistakes and mishaps even if it's an accident. Apologizes for mistakes and mishaps. Next, can figure it out on his own. Can figure it out. Man, that is a tough one to allow our children to learn. Yes, we teach it, but it's more about allowing them to struggle to figure it out on their own. And you don't have this fifth one, but As I prepared, and really as you study trends today, I I had to add it. Assumes control, assumes control over all words and actions. Assumes control over all words and actions. In other words, I take full responsibility. Boy, we do this in LHC Kids. I make them repeat after me. I take full Full responsibility for every word that comes out of my mouth. I take full responsibility for every action. Well, he made me mad. You chose to respond in that way. I take full responsibility. I assume control for my words and my actions. Oh, yeah, these moms are nodding. That is a biggie. You know why? Because we all know an adult who didn't learn that when he was three, and now, yeah, he's real fun. So if we want to un- to our kids to understand and embrace responsibility, we cannot worry more about what other moms think and do our kids' science projects for them. We can't worry about what other moms think or about what the teachers think and do our projects, do our kids' projects. We can't worry more about what the teacher thinks and write our children's spelling sentences for them. Mm-hmm, you know you've done it. Okay, we cannot worry more about how our houses look when the neighbor stops by and clean up every mess that my child makes. It's okay to wait and let them pick up their own mess. It's okay. Judgy neighbors, that's okay. Let them visit somewhere else. We cannot worry more about our children's reputations or college acceptances and make excuses for them. We cannot make excuses for our children. I'm telling you, if you want to delay your child's development, simply step in. If you want to delay your child's development, make excuses 
and step in. Oh, that's not on my notes. i got to focus. Okay. Caring more about the effects of my parenting and considering my child's needs and wants, it forces me to look at the future. Yes, parenting is all about the parenting pendulum where we, you know, we have to look at the one day while enjoying the right now. And that's part of the parenting pendulum that we talk about. But in looking toward the one day, it actually helps us enjoy the right now. It shows us when we look toward the one day, we're able to see what is important. It actually clarifies, it actually simplifies what I need to focus on right now. So it allows me to enjoy the right now. They are not contradictory. They actually feed each other. So I want to talk a couple of more. I wanted to tell you a little more things. How, yes, it may help today, but will it help my child in the long run? Doing my child's project may get him a blue ribbon today, but it doesn't help him learn that he's responsible for his own work when he's in college. Writing my child's spelling sentences may get us to bed earlier. Sometimes we say that, which is better for the whole family. I get it, I get it. But it's not going to teach her, number one, her spelling words. And number two, it's not going to teach her that she's responsible for her work. Um, cleaning up my child's mess is quicker and assures my house always looks neat. But it won't teach him that he is responsible when he is married. If you don't want to do it for him, do it for his future spouse, okay? (laughs) Making excuses for my child may get her out of trouble at school. It may keep her record clean, but it won't teach her that natural consequences follow behaviors. I'm telling you, you want to delay your child's development, step in when they make a mistake. Sorry, distraction. Okay, all children, we agreed last week, all children, all people enter this world with a predisposition towards self-preservation and self-promotion. Everybody comes into the world with that. That does not mean that's a bad kid. If you have a strong-willed blessing and they're really determined, that is awesome. Our job is not to change them. Our job is to channel them. We embrace that strong will, that difficult to discipline, that defiant kid. You go, you know what? That's some energy right now. If I can channel that energy to something positive, he's going to change the world. If you need help, get help. But we are all about embracing our responsibility and doing what we need to do to prepare our kids. We love strong wills. We love strong wills. Say it with me. We love strong wills. Yes, somebody needs a reminder. Let's say it one more time. We love strong. We do. We do. And so our job, our responsibility then you go, well, I have a kid. He doesn't know how to do a thing. You go, oh, guess what? What an opportunity for you. What an opportunity. Well, you know, I told you that when Joseph entered preschool, um, actually Emily had already gone to kindergarten, and so I told his preschool teacher, you know, we're working on Joseph opening his own cogurt, you know, and opening his own, you know, oranges. And she's, oh, Julie, Joseph can't open his lunchbox. You know, and why? Because we'd all done it for him because he was so sweet and so compliant. So if you have those sweet and compliant kids, you tend to do a little more for them because they're just so precious. And um, you are actually enabling. Um, so it is our responsibility to teach our kids. We have to understand, just like authority, just like everything else, just like speech, just like athletics, just like ath- academics, kids learn at their own pace. Kids learn at their own pace. Give them space to learn at their own pace. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lower the bar. But I think it helps with our frustration when we go, oh, bless him. He's still learning. This is an opportunity for me. Okay, this is an opportunity for me. But we start very early. When you talk about teaching responsibility, you do not wait until your child's a teenager to teach them how to earn gas money. 
We start teaching work very, very early. Our philosophy is if you can walk, you can work. If you can walk, you can work. Your 18-month-old sure as heck knows how to put those toys back in the bin. Your, um, you know, one-year-old, okay, that's when you start teaching them. And I'm not saying you give consequences immediately, like time out for three hours. Use wisdom, discernment, and common sense. Make it fun. Make it part of the culture of your home. Oh, I see. And I do this with other kids that come over to my house. You want to get the Legos out? Awesome. You need to clean this mess up first. Okay. And we're very matter-of-fact about it. But we start teaching their responsibility very, very early. If you make a mess, clean it up. Now, um, I did this, again, with, uh, with teenagers, too. I would go to bed sometimes, and the teenagers would still be awake at my house, young adults now. And my, my rule, you know, my rule about marriage is don't ruin my Christmas, you know. If you marry a loser, you're going to ruin my favorite holiday ever because when we get together, that's right, it's another message. But, um, but I'm for real. And so this one was, I would tell them, you know, I'm going to bed now. You're welcome to, you know, uh, hang out and everything, but don't ruin my coffee. Let me tell you what my den looks like when I wake up. Let me tell you what my kitchen looks like. I will come get you out of bed. And I have. And I'm looking down here at Deb Woodard because Gavin knew exactly how my pillows were to go on my chairs. <laughs> I would show them like zipper on the bottom facing up. That's right. Okay. Because guess what? When I come in and have my first cup of coffee, you ruin it if you leave your Dr. Pepper cans out on this table. Okay. You ruin it if you... So you know what I'm saying. It's not just your children. It's all the other children in your home. It's more like a culture of your home. That's right. Y'all are laughing. I for real did that. I for real did that. Um, a person who assumes responsibility, it's not just about working hard. It's it's very important that we also understand that responsibility is also about assuming control um, of our words and actions. That means I take full responsibility. That's when we say, I apologize, even if it was an accident. And so it's understanding what responsibility is. I did it. It may have been an accident, but I did it, and therefore there was a consequence of it. Um, we're going to get to it a little bit more in just a minute. But it's about understanding both sides of responsibility, not just hard work. A person who understands and embraces responsibility never says, oh, I couldn't help that. Oh, you know, my face just makes that face, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, I, you know, that, it's just, you know, that, it's just the way I am. It's just, no, a person who understands and embraces responsibility also understands self-control. They understand choice. They understand it's okay to be mad, but it's not okay to be mean. It's okay to get upset, but I have to understand the boundaries, and I have to understand how to process and express those. If you've got kids who are super emotional, yay, yay, we love that. I would encourage you to go back and um, look at the emote control videos about how to equip your children to process and express and overcome those emotions in a healthy and productive way. Perhaps you're thinking about your spouse right now. Um, yes, we can all learn better how to process, express, um, and uh, overcome our emotions. And that is awesome. It's super healthy um, for us to recognize our weaknesses as we prepare to teach our children. Um, as we talk about passing the baton of responsibility. And what I mean by that is, I, when my children come home from the hospital, I am fully responsible. I am fully responsible for their care. I'm fully responsible for dressing them, changing them. I am fully responsible. But my goal is to do my best so they can leave the nest. So that's my vision over here. 
I'm going to do my best to prepare them to leave the nest. And we don't jump from newborn to leaving the nest. It is a gradual process. So your job, your responsibility is to say, where am I in this process? If you're here with your newborn, then your responsibility is to go, how do I view my, how do I take my responsibilities? Is to look at myself, to understand now my children are going to learn from me. So before I teach this, I better understand it myself. So your job is there. If your child is a toddler or preschooler, you're beginning to pass that baton of responsibility. Can my child buckle himself in his car seat? Can my child clean up his own mess? Can my child begin to make his own bed? Can my child think of all the things that your child can do independently, can start doing independently? Hey, listen, if you're having company and you want their bedrooms to look a certain way, Don't think, oh, it's never going to look like, you know what I would do in that situation? What you don't want to do is say, okay, it's your responsibility to make your bed and then you go up and fix it. Because you're saying now, ah, good try, missed the mark. When really, it's probably just doing it, you know, as a six-year-old can do it. So what I would do is if I had company coming, I'd go, hey guys, I'm going to make the beds today. You know, if there's, it's okay to do that. I'm still passing the baton. Does that make sense? Okay, so I understand, though, your job right now is to say, where am I in this parenting pendulum? And I mean, in this uh, progress, in this progression, where am I on this spectrum? Because my job is to prepare my child to leave the nest, to prepare my child to leave the nest. And why is it important that they understand responsibility? Well, if you look at it practically on this spectrum, it's totally appropriate when my child is here at toddler preschooler for me to brush his teeth. I want you to picture right here, freshman in high school. Is it appropriate for you to brush your child's teeth? I'm going to go ahead and say no because I felt like there was some hesitation on some of your parts. So no, it is not. So I need you to picture that practically. It is totally okay for me to, um, you know, strap my child in the car seat here. Is it okay for my 16-year-old as she leaves for school, you know, the first day she gets her driver's license, do I go out and buckle her up? No, not okay, okay? So I need you to keep that spectrum in mind. I need you to figure out where you are. Totally appropriate to do for your one-year-old. Is it appropriate to do for your 15-year-old? And now I need you to think, what's appropriate when he's 25? What's appropriate when she's 35? I need you to think that far because you're going to pass that baton of responsibility. Think about it emotionally. Every time, you know, the first time um, your kid rides a bike, the first time your child does anything by himself or by herself, they're proud, aren't they? Why? Because competence builds confidence. Competence builds confidence. Independence builds confidence. So I want that strong, competent, independent child. What are you doing to get there? Are you moving in that direction? Well, I have an 18-month-old. Your job is to say, what can my 18-month-old do? Can he or she help me unload the dishwasher? I would suggest that you do the metal stuff <laughs> if they're helping you. Or let them unload the coffee cups that don't, you have a lot of replacements for, you know. Because allow, involve them in the process of work. Let them see you. Let it be a fun thing. Play music while you're doing it. Work is part of our lives. We were created to produce, and we are fulfilled when we are producing, when we are working. And I assume responsibility. We use paper plates at our house to this very day. 
And I'm all about you let the kids pick which plates, whatever. Involve them in the process of setting the table. Involve them in the process of cooking dinner. Involve them in the process of cleaning up after dinner. It's just part of our lives. Why? Because competence builds confidence. When I jump in and I do things for them, inadvertently, inadvertently, I am communicating, well, you need my help to do this. As opposed to when I let them do it by themselves, they go, hmm, she believes I can do this. She believes I can do this. Now, think about it spiritually. Practically, it makes sense for our kids for us to pass the baton of responsibility. Emotionally, there's great value in building that emotional resilience as you pass the baton. They begin to do more and more things on their own. Think about it spiritually. Remember Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Remember my ultimate job. Parenting is more about shaping a child's heart than changing his behavior. So my job is to prepare his heart to have a posture of humility as he faces God. To understand my words, my actions are my responsibility. My relationship with God is my responsibility. Your children, you know, on that spectrum, we, yes, at this point, we bring them to church. We, it is our responsibility to make that part of their lives. If that's important to you, it's certainly important to us. We wanted it to be part of their life so that eventually they got here and they said, oh, okay, I understand that I need my own relationship with God, that I assume responsibility for my words and actions and I have sinned and I need to ask God for forgiveness. I need to assume responsibility. So it's also very, very important spiritually. At the end of each of the pirate parenting uh, notes, there are four memory verses. If you have a kid who struggles with understanding and embracing authority, I suggest you get those memory verses part of your DNA. I suggest you put them up around your house. You put them to music, and you ingrain that into your child. Same with responsibility. You make that part. You ingest God's Word. Let them remember it. Let them metabolize it so it becomes part of them. And so they're memory verses for each one. So we understand what responsibility is. We understand why it's so important. Now, how do I teach that? We already said that you look at where you are on this spectrum because remember, it's about passing the baton of responsibility. It's a gradual passing. My job as mom is to pray every day. God, help me see things as they really are. Help me see my child's strengths and help me see my child's weaknesses. Give me the wisdom, the discernment, and the common sense to know when to step in, to know when to step back, because that is probably the toughest part. When do we step in? When do we help? When do we pass that baton? When every kid is different and every kid learns at his or her own pace, his or her own pace. My job is to say, God, help me know my child, understand my child, so that I have wisdom and discernment and common sense about how to pass the baton, when to pass the baton. That is mission critical, is that you are always saying, God, help me see things as they really are. Help me see what I can do to equip my kids. Um, and we said, you know, about authority. I To teach my kids authority, I've got to be comfortable with embracing my role as authority. I have to be comfortable with understanding that my child is actually more confident, more secure when he or she knows that I'm the authority. And that is tough for some people. And that's okay. 
That's a wonderful thing about your gentle and kind personality. But your child, a child who fights for control, ironically, feels out of control when given control. I'm going to say that again. A child who fights for control actually feels out of control when given control. And so I go, what is my role here? How do I embrace my responsibility? How do I assume control and understand what I'm supposed to teach as I pass the baton of responsibility gradually? you got to be okay with your kid being uncomfortable. You've got to see that there's value in the struggle. And you've got to understand the long-term picture here. And so some of you are thinking, well, my child has been diagnosed with this or that. And I'm not going to address specific diagnoses. This is what I'm going to say. My child is not ready to be independent. My child, your job as mom, number one, is to know your kid. And to go to the school counselor, to go to the, um, the psychiatrist, the pediatrician, whatever, whoever you're working with, and say, you show me how independent my child can be. You show me what is my vision for my child from God and then also show me what is realistically my vision for my child, you know, if he has these certain diagnoses, whatever that is. And then you stay in touch with them and be aware, moms, we can't help it. Our nature is to feel our kids hurts, to feel our kids struggle. And that is awesome. That keeps them alive sometimes. And that is a wonderful thing. But when am I allowing that to delay his development? When am I making excuses for my child and doing things that he or she should be doing on his own? You work with your child's counselor. You work and go, can he do this independently? Because remember, it is totally appropriate when my child is in preschool to do everything you know, for him. It is not okay if my child is a junior in high school that I'm still checking his grades every day, that I'm texting him, remember your homework, remember your homework, remember your homework, remember your homework. This man who is 17, and I say man, yes, he's still a child, 17 will be a a grown man. And he needs to understand the natural consequences of that. And it is so hard. It is so hard. You work with the schools, but you begin to pass that baton. Teaching our kids to enjoy work, to initiate work, and to do their best at everything starts very, very early. We model it for our kids. We model if we enjoy work. We, you know, work to music so that you do enjoy it. We involve them in the process. Um, We understand and we are always watching at what point is my child ready to clean his room by himself, dress himself, buckle himself in. At what point is my child able to do his own schoolwork, make his own lunch, remember his own things? Hardest part. And boy, if you have a preschooler, you are talking big right now. You're saying, I will never, I will never take my child's homework up to the school if he calls me. I just want you to know that it is harder than you think. It is harder than you think. But I just talked to a mom who did it yesterday, and she was feeling so proud of herself. Why? Because she understood that I delay my child's development when I step in. I delay his development when I step in. Now, sometimes you may make that choice, as long as you understand the full consequences of that, and and you may decide to do that. I did it sometimes, and um, then I had to tell Mac about it later, and he was super happy. Um, But uh, because Mac was always able to look at things logically, it's so annoying. So annoying. But the earlier we can get them to do that, um, I will tell you this too. They communicate with teachers, coaches, etc., about absences and assignments. If your child is in fourth grade, 
he or she can go to his teacher and ask about the assignment. If your child is in middle school, your child, if he doesn't understand the assignment, he comes home and says, I don't understand, I'm not emailing. You, got, you need to get in touch with your teacher. You need to figure out what your assignment is. You know why? Because I did seventh grade and I was awesome at it. And so now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to do seventh grade. Um, they oversee their own grades. I'm telling you, their pros and cons to technology. And moms, turn your alerts off. I didn't even realize you could do that. You could get an alert every time your child had an assignment. Turn, turn it off. Turn it off. Let it go. It's a gradual thing. It's a gradual thing. Let them take control of that. Allow them to suffer the natural consequences. Allow them to suffer the natural consequences. Listen, don't tell your kids, but the consequences are a lot less severe in 7th and 8th grade than they are in 11th and 12th. So perhaps if you allow them to suffer those consequences, it doesn't affect their college entrances quite as much. And guess what? Even if it does affect their college entrances, natural consequence. I did high school and I was awesome. Your turn. You know? That, that's what... Okay, my grades weren't stellar, but still, I was awesome. Um, but my parents certainly didn't have the technology, you know? And so they just couldn't, which was really better for everyone. Um, teaching responsibility is actually teaching the truth of cause and effect. If I do this, then this happens. If this, then this. Only if you allow the natural consequences. Only if you allow the natural consequences. If I obey when my mom asks me to clean up my room, she thanks me. And look, her face is so happy, you know. If I, so remember, discipline is not just about giving negative punishment. It's about recognizing the positive, too. And they like that response, that positive response. Throw in a little candy, man, winner, winner, chicken dinner. If I obey when my mom asks me to clean my room, um, if I don't obey, I lose my iPad. You see? Natural consequence. Let them learn. Let them learn that. If I clean up my toys when I'm asked, or even without being asked, hey, boy, if your kid does something, be on the lookout. That's why you're praying. God, show me where I can say something positive today. <laughs> Show me how I can notice something today about hard work. That's what we're looking for. If you want to instill hard work, then you look for hard work and you look for opportunities to praise hard work. Um, if I continue playing and I don't clean up my toys, I have to sit in time out, I have to go to bed early, whatever your consequence is. Um, cause and effect is huge when it comes to apologies. This goes back to I assume, I assume control for every word and every action. Um, if one brother knocks over another brother's block tower, you go to, I'm going to use Ashley's kids, you go to Braden and you say, Braden, you knocked over Logan's tower. Um, and he says, I know, but it was an accident. Oh, I understand, but you still did it. And so you need to apologize. And let me tell you what apology isn't sorry <laughs> you know that's not an apology an apology is eye contact complete sentence i'm sorry that i now listen carefully i'm sorry that i not i'm sorry if i oh you understand the difference I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, not I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, because now you're putting it on them. Sorry, you're so dang sensitive, you know. No, I'm sorry that I. I'm sorry that I, not I'm sorry if I. You, you have eye contact, you offer a complete sentence, and you offer repair and restitution. Hey, this is a great adult rule. 
This is not just for preschoolers. This is not just for sassy teenagers. This is for everyone. An apology um, is eye contact, not text. Eye contact and a complete sentence. You offer repair and restitution, and it's I'm sorry that I, not I'm sorry if I. Actually, um, David Yeager is a UT professor, and he participated in some research, because I know a lot of you guys are thinking, man, you set the bar so high. Man, this is constant. Number one, yes, it is if you're doing it right. Um, But again, you're balancing it. You're building this on the relationship part. You're hanging out. You're having dinner together. You're watching movies. You're playing games. So, no, your child's probably not going to go, thank you for giving me this negative consequence. I take full responsibility, and I'm so grateful God put you as the authority in my life. You know, ultimately, man, wouldn't that be awesome? But what they do, whether they can articulate it or not, they trust you. I may not like this consequence, but I know it's in my best interest. So, yeah, we, we raise the bar high, and this is why David Yeager is a, um, a UT professor, and he's done work with Angela Duckworth, who wrote the book Grit. And he said that the single most powerful statement you can make to a young adult or a preteen or teen when issuing correction is, I'm giving you this feedback because I have high standards and I believe in your ability to reach them. You see, we tell our children, you know, this behavior is not who you are. I believe in you. I know that you are a good person. I know that you want to do right. So let's figure out how to get us back on track. You believe in them. They actually went back and visited the uh, kids where this was implemented, and there was still positive results even seven years later. For a child to hear, I believe in you. I believe you can do this. I believe you can reach this bar. Um, It's not just about understanding cause and effect. Andy Andrews, and you can Google this video. I highly recommend it. If you Google Andy Andrews responsibility video. I tried it just yesterday and it worked. Um, Andy Andrews responsibility video. He says when you teach them about assuming responsibility, that teaching your your child about responsibility actually gives your child hope and control, hope and control in the middle of the undesirable circumstances, hope and control in the middle of the undesirable circumstances. What you're trying to get your kid to do is to move from the victim mentality, from victim to victor, from, you know, resentment to redemption. You're trying to get, you know, I can stay bitter or I can get better. You're empowering them with choice. You empower your kids. When you give consequences about behaviors, when you talk to them ahead of time, I go, hey, guys, here's the deal. Um, Your choice. If you do this, this will happen. If you don't do this, this will happen. Your choice. You're empowering them with choice. You're You're allowing them to assume responsibility, and you are allowing them to choose. And so they have hope and control. They either stay here like, you did this to me, you did this to me, you know, this happened because of you, where they are victims and they have no hope, or they go, okay, you know what, sometimes there are bad circumstances. I'm not going to pretend like there aren't. And I think we're wrong to tell our children there aren't. But what we can do is say no matter your circumstances, no matter the offenses, you choose how you respond. So you've given them hope, number one, that it can get better, and you've given them control over something. So now they can choose how to respond. Hope and control. Um, Empowering them with choice is really about this. I cannot always control, I cannot always control circumstances or actions of others. I mean, everybody agrees. I can't always control. I'm good, but I can't do that. 
You know, I'm controlling, but I'm not that controlling. I can't always control circumstances or actions of others, but I can, everybody say, I can. I can control how I respond to situations and offenses. I can control. You're empowering them with choice. You're teaching them about responsibility. Starts very young. Evaluate your own uh, the own way. Do your children see you working? Do your children see you staying a victim? Do your children see you blaming others? Do your children see you, um, you know, feeling hopeless and feeling a victim? And listen, the world is, you know, heavy sometimes. And so, yes, there are bad circumstances. And we're not going to make light of them. We're not going to say, you just need to get over that. Don't let that bother you. No, we recognize that sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's hard. But God is going to help me. And I can control how I respond. I can't always control circumstances or actions of others, but I can control how I respond. Empowering your children with choice helps them assume that responsibility. You've got to see your choice. You have the responsibility to pass the baton of responsibility. And you have a choice every day about you know, how you're going to do that. God, open my eyes to see when I have an opportunity. This is not about me feeling guilty about what I did yesterday. It's about me seeing opportunity and what I can do today. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And we are um, going to pray out. And I'm going to pray for some of you guys who feel like, you know what, I, um, I struggle with this and I'm feeling hopeless right now. Here is our message. If you're feeling hopeless right now, if you need help, get help. Tell somebody, you know, I feel like a victim. I don't know if I can empower my child with choice because I don't... If you need help, get help. We're going to pray for you, but we're going to understand that God's design and desire is for you to walk in his strength and his authority and to receive the responsibility that he's given you. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for choice. I thank you for your promise that if you call us to it, you equip us for it. I thank you that we serve the God who is in control, even when we don't understand. God, there is no command to understand. Your command is to trust and obey. We lean into you. I pray for those moms who do not feel like they are assuming responsibility. God, remind them that you are there to help them, that you will give them your strength, and that they can do it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen.